And welcome everybody to another van chat Sunday night. So that means it's van chatting. And it is van chat number 44. So it's a special one. See what it did there? 44 special. So uh yeah, it's van chat. We talk about vans on Sunday. And Angelina's joining us from California. Welcome. Hello, lady. Hello from California. And you're gonna be heading out on your road trip here sooner than later. I am next week. Friday? Next Friday? Uh Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Wait, in two days? No, the one after. Yeah. So you got a week of working, then you got a week end of prep, and then you're on the road. Yeah, then I got like, well, so realistically I have a Monday of prep and then I'm on the road. So does that mean you're not even going to start packing until Monday? No. Well, I've kind of started packing already, just like a little bit. Um, but pretty much like Monday is when I'll be. <laughs> it's when I'll really be packing. You're talking about a suitcase and a bag. Are you talking more than that? Um, so what I bring is I bring, you know, like a carry-on suitcase size. Mm -hmm. With the little wheels, and you can cram it into part of a plane or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I bring that, and then, so that way you're not taking a bunch of shit with you, right? Like, you're not lugging everything with you every night into the hotel, so I bring that, and then I bring, a, like, a duffel bag of overflow shit. And then just, like, trade out clothes, so, like, dirty clothes, so clean clothes. And then when I got to do laundry, then I wash everything in the dirty clothes bag. So that's how I do it. Right on. So this works into some project I've been working on this week. We've got a bunch of websites out there. One of them is 3-Day Pack, and... It's the, you know, you always hear about a three-day bag or a go bag or something like that. And it's usually like enough stuff for three days. And I think, you know, it works good for travel with that three-day concept because then you've got enough clothes and stuff to do that. You've got enough clothes to survive and then do laundry and then be comfortable for a few days and then do laundry and not be burdened with a bunch of luggage of stuff that is either... A bunch of clean clothes that you'll eventually use or what happens you get a bunch of dirty clothes so now you're lugging around a bunch of stinky dirty clothes so uh with that concept in mind we've got the website over there i broke it down into the uh more um fighting type of stuff and then your more typical preparedness for emergency i guess this is not just fighting but like grab it because there's an emergency grab it because there's a fire that's in the neighborhood and they tell you to evacuate so you want to have the kind of stuff you might need for everything, uh, any kind of eventuality, uh, or maybe all hell broke loose. The Cubans have been baited, and all the high schoolers already ran to the mountains. So you got to grab a bag and do something before they grab you and take you to the drive-in movie theater. 
But over here, we've got the travel stuff. So road trip is what we're going to be talking about and then other kind of trips. But for a road trip, we kind of talked about clothes there to start off with. Um, we'll kind of build this as we go along. Uh, what are you going to, and then feel free people that are watching, I just dropped the links out there. And of course, Angelina, if there's stuff here that I'm missing, um, we'll add to it right here as we do the chat here, but, uh, we'll kind of go through and see what you think about if you're going to include these and then if so, how you're going to address them. So. Okay. Good idea. I like where this is going because I'm actually was thinking about like what I'm going to bring tonight. So this is perfect. Right on. So you got two people, two adults. Got your wits about you, and you got can both. Wits about us. Well, it's not like Matt drove up to Tulsa with his kid, eighteen-year-old kid, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't feel so bad because you got an eighteen-year-old kid with you, so you could at least let him drive when you are feeling wiggy or whatever. And he's like, no, my kid doesn't even have a driver's license, like not even an option. Mm -hmm. So you're not dealing with that. You could both drive. Something happens. You get a broken leg. You're still moving, so. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'll probably do most of the drive-in because a lot of these places I've seen and my travel companion has not. Same room, um, same one room? Yeah. And then uh, similar food, so it's not like you're, you're eating together, basically. So all that kind of stuff is just you're driving. You're, it's not oh, like. Oh, yeah, and so as an added bonus, the other person has recently gone pretty much vegetarian, so. Oh, well, that's even better. No, like, shitty meat supermarkets for me. Which we just got out of a horrible. Meat yeah, I heard that. Sandwich chat is pulled pork everywhere. It's gross. So, uh, next. So, first thing we'll start off with is water. What are you doing about this water situation? So, what I do for water is I leave California with a uh like 35 pack of water bottles and then you know when they're about half gone wherever i am i stop into a you know walmart or grocery store or wherever and buy another pack so pretty much i always have at least a pack of bottled water in the car so you don't care about the environment and all those uh, disposable bottles you don't go for like the one gallon and then a refillable bottle up front. No, I've, I'm from California, so we have different rules about that. And anything else about water? You're not uh, worried about drinking water at hotels or nothing? You're just going to always drink out of the bottles? Well, yeah, that's what... I, so I bring... Like, typically I bring, uh, you know, a couple bottles into the room for the night and then stick a couple in the fridge and then in the morning you have, like, cold waters. All right, and then one of the big things I think about traveling, people don't um, always think about, I guess, or maybe they don't, but uh, drink a whole bunch of water because you start getting headaches and driving gets shitty. They like, say a lot of the fatigue at driving is because you're dehydrated. So Yep, stay and, hydrated. Yeah, I chug a thing of water every once in a while. Whenever I'm like, hey, I haven't drank in a while, I'll just chug one of them bottles like you're saying and then keep trying to remember to drink while I'm going. Oh, you don't care about the environment? Huh? But I then refill it out of tap water that's made by orphans. Oh, okay. So, oh, so you extra care. Yeah. That's like, extra you know, care. Right. Well, that cancels out me. I go out of my way to drive to where the orphans are pulling water out of a spring. So right. They made it. Um, so, so food. 
just going to restaurants or do you worry about food? Do you ever had a situation where you drive in middle of nowhere somewhere and then, uh-oh, de detour, and now you drive out somewhere and, uh-oh, gas shortage. Uh-oh, because there's so many people stuck here, food's gone. Uh-oh, they're, they're knocking over cars and eating people. Um... So, I mean, we I bring, like, some stuff, like, you know, a box of Cheez-Its, usually, is one of the things. Maybe some granola bars and, like, shit like that, um, that are just kind of, like, road snacks. And then I guess if whatever you said happens. Um, but otherwise, I mean... It's uh, restaurants and grocery stores, mostly. I like the grocery store route a little better. Um, yeah, so I didn't really think about it. You know, you think about it sometimes. You think about it sometimes when people talk about theoretical situations or you hear about Venezuela or something, but... Uh, I had a, uh, a situation, real life situation, when I was driving to San Antonio there with the uh, hurricane, and everybody had left. Oh, I was going to ask you about these. Everybody had left Houston and uh, fled, right? So they kind of spread out in all directions and uh, kind of just drove. And if they didn't have anywhere to go, they just kept driving, I guess. And as they get to a spot if there was nowhere else to hang out in a Walmart parking lot or a gas station parking lot or wherever it was uh, they would just keep driving until they found a parking lot and I was not close to San Antonio yet and there was already the the gas station little stops along the road started to fill up and there was people camped out in the gas station now I'm a half a tank three quarters of a tank of gas into the deserts of West Texas stopping at one of the little gas stops along the way this is like a eight hour drive or five and something hour drive not even exaggerating five six hour drive through the stretch of texas and there's you know there's gas stations every once in a while but there's not plenty of them and this was kind of far out and like i say i was stretched out on gas and i like to normally refill at half tank for these kind of situations i had gone to three quarters of tank i was kicking myself of course that's when murphy's law is going to hit you I got to a point where, like, say, I rolled into a little town, little maybe two, three gas station town, and nothing much else didn't seem like from the highway. And there were people literally camped out at the park, at the pumps, waiting for whenever the gas truck would come. I went in and asked the guy what's going on. He told me the situation, and I realized what's happening. And I said, when's the gas truck come? He says, maybe tomorrow or the next day. Because the thing is, nobody knew because the gas trucks from wherever they're coming from are having, you know, they're immediately pumping into the ground and now this gas station's empty five seconds later because everyone needed gas. So it was really affecting supplies and I don't know how the gas got distri distributed. So anyway, that was that was interesting. And luckily I was able to kind of head through it and not dive or whatever, but that was one town who had a flood. Imagine if something actually happened and we don't have the rest of the country coming to the aid of that one town and all the resources from all the towns that aren't affected in a state like Texas being able to help those individuals on the side of the road if it turns into everybody for themselves, which I guess I don't think is too super unrealistic because I had the same situation, kind of a similar situation happened in 2001. I was in D.C. when all that stuff happened in September and that was a 
potentially a crazy could have been a road warrior type of mad max thing trying to get from dc to tucson if it would have turned chaotic or something so that's where i'm not suggesting maybe a whole case of mres but having some long-term storage food that doesn't need to be cooked or is maybe you know more enjoyable heated but not necessarily needs to be thoroughly cooked and has some flavor so there's mres for sure but you can also get um canned food for sure you know like uh, raviolis and that kind of thing you know for kids food that uh, is you know cafeteria food in cans uh, sometimes you can get those in bags so they're a little easier to carry and then I found these at uh, Family Dollar no at uh, Big Lots you have Big Lots in California we do so it's at Big Lots the thing about Big Lots is it's like the stuff that the other stores didn't want or fell off the shelves or something happened to it and they didn't want it anymore Big Lots has it and then some of the stuff, though, some of the international stuff, I guess, is just weird international food that they have. And that might be what this is. So it's in their weird shelf, weird aisle with, like, potato stuff, potato dumplings from Poland and, like, the Chinese food, crunchy noodles and stuff like that. And I was just looking through there looking for peppers or something. And I seen these. And I bought one the other day, and it was delicious. It was basically an MRE packet that was uh, full of Italian or Indian food and uh, really good. So I went back and bought a whole sm slew of them. This is like 40 bucks. There was, um, I already ate some of them here. So uh, they're two bucks a piece. So they're pretty cheap. Anyway, so that's a vegan version of uh, long-term storage. Pretty resilient to the environment. To the, you know, you can put it in the trunk and it would probably stay fine uh, for a road trip like that. And pretty compact. You can have four of these things in a, you know, not much bigger than a tissue box or something. Some more stowed in the back. Yeah, they sound pretty good. And then they're... Probably not ideal, maybe. Italian or Indian food for uh, <laughs> being uh, stuck someplace. But Well, yeah, but like, as you know, like finding uh, options like that that aren't like basically like spam, you know. Spam and shit like that. Nuts and those are kind of things are good too. But yeah, the jerkies and that, uh, people like them because again, they can handle the weather and the environments and they're dense. So, and then there's the chocolates and stuff. Anyway, so having some food, again, dense, uh, what's the word, like non-fragile, you know, having a bunch of wafer cookies and potato chips in a bag probably ain't the ideal travel food, I wouldn't think. Could snort lines of potato dust. Uh, jelly beans. All right. So anyway, food. I guess everybody can figure out food. We we're talking about it in the other chat. We pretty much all eat sometimes even more than once a day. So we probably figure out our own food. Uh, bedding though. So do you bring anything? Dana was talking about bringing a sleeping bag along with him. He's got like a couple of sleeping bag options that he'll bring with him. I think he told you all about. He mansplained to you how to sleep in the sleeping bag inside the hotel, right? Yeah, I think he told like instructed me on how to use a sleeping bag because um, maybe he thinks that girls have never used a sleeping bag before. But um, yeah, actually, so I do bring a sleeping bag and that's part of my whole travel. Well, my road trip thing is, yeah, totally a sleeping bag because A... Uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like this place is gross or I'm fucking freezing or whatever. 
And then if anything happens, you know, you got a, a sleeping bag. Yeah, I guess that's a good idea. I don't do it, but um, now I do with the van, and I'll sleep in hotels now, though. But even, I guess I did occasionally have a blanket, but I never really thought about it. Um, but, yeah. Um, and then you were going to bring up uh, being super cold, so I guess that would be the other thing, in case you go to a place and it's just the heating screwed up or something. Um, yeah, it's like an easy way to just, like, get on with your day. No, you're not... Uh, looking for the frugal route but when I was a kid and we were doing road trips as a kids and we had little money um, doing it on the you know on the cheap we would uh, ask them like do you have a broken room or something like that and you know, like a room that's shitty and sometimes they oh we have one that doesn't have heat or something or we have one that doesn't have AC and then we would get that room cheaper um, and in that case again if you can get one that doesn't have heat big deal you got a sleeping bag now you got the room for half off or something that's a deal personal documents uh you bringing anything along to be i don't know you're going through some states that are potentially crazy or in case you lose your documents i remember when i was a kid i would get instructed on having travel checks travelers checks and backup documents and stuff as though we were in like occupied germany and I don't know if that came from the olden days or what, but uh, I still think it's handy to have, um, like, a, I did a video on this back in the day, like taking your driver's license, your car insurance, maybe your health insurance, um, if you're sickly or if you're a girl, then... Uh, if your vagina needs care on the road. You have so many different intestines that you never know if you're going to have to go to a doctor to have them adjusted or whatever. Nice. So anyway, your whatever your important cards are, Put them on a scanner, flatbed scanner, fax machine, and then scan them, turn them all over, flip that piece of paper over, speed it back through, and scan it again. And if you don't know how to do that, go to a place. I'm sure they can do it, although I'd probably have it done, you know, have your grandkids do it or something so that you don't have to take it to a place with all your cards like that. But anyway, you get a piece of paper that's literally got both sides of your cards on it, and I don't think most cops will accept it, but it's due diligence. It's like, hey, look, you know, I just fell in that lake over there and my wallet must have fallen out and this is my car if you go inside in the glove box or if you go in back in my bag or whatever you're going to find a thing and it'll have my driver's license and here's my address you know that goes a long way towards clearing things up and just getting on with things and them being on your side instead of you know trying to justify how it's your car because you saw some stuff inside you know anyway that's i never had to deal with it actually but um Actually, maybe I have back in the day, uh, not having my insurance stuff with me and my, you know, maybe I left it in my other wallet or something and uh, having the other purse. Yeah, exactly. I was going to not talk about that, but, but yeah, you can, uh, like I say, sometimes they won't accept it, but at least it'll show them that you're, you know, and if you've got a CCW right on there, I don't know. Money. Uh, I put in the other one like having some gold and rings. Are you worried about that kind of stuff? Again, I drove out at 2000 or 2001. Nothing like that had ever happened before, right? So I'm driving out with my fishing pole and my dogs, taking pictures back in the day. I think I even had a regular camera still back then, uh, taking some digital pictures with my old crude Kodak digital camera. And 9-11 uh, happens. 
and all of a sudden lockdown, we are not in the golden era anymore. What is going on? And nobody knows what's happened. There's no flying, there's no travel. And then I'm driving back across the country. So uh, in that kind of situation, it was an eye opener, but it was no Venezuela. But I don't know if you paid attention to what happens with Venezuela and their craziness, but there were times when money is an issue. So again, driving way far away from home, are you bringing anything like uh, shit hits the fan type of ways to barter and get back home? And then if not that, you know, what do you, you don't have to get into too much detail, I guess, since you brought the drive across country and people are going to rob you at the truck stop or something. But, uh, right. Yeah. What, I mean, I, uh, I do bring a kind of small amount of cash. Um, just because, you know, who knows what'll happen. But yeah, I mean, I don't bring like a herd of goats to trade later. Talking about a trade herd of goats, but a couple of rings or something. Uh, watch. I don't know. Girls would carry rings probably more than watch, but a, a necklace. Something you could take to a pawn shop, and it's just it's always money. Um. Anyway, and again, it's not so much that I guess sort of paranoia if you're not too concerned about society falling apart. But um, again, if you get stuck someplace, you don't just depend on credit cards. You got some kind of uh, strategy for folding up a hundred or some twenties or. Yeah, you, can... I, you know, I uh, I've done it a few times, so I feel like I go out kind of well prepared. But yeah, that's totally a thing. Is that, um, you know, you can't think that your card is going to get you everywhere because you'll be on empty and need gas and the station doesn't take it. Well, I kind of encountered that this last time with the card, forgetting to call the card and tell them I'm leaving the state. But I've been doing my taxes right. I did. I think I got scammed a couple of times last year where I got a duplicate charge and I'm thinking couple of things one i'm not going to use my normal cards when i travel instead i'm either going to go with one of these vanilla cards that you just buy at the register at any store pretty much just a vanilla visa or a mastercard or whatever and then uh or i imagine i'd go with a name brand like that right and then uh you put 100 200 whatever some amount of money on it they charge some service fee right and then you use that card it's not attached to any bank account it just has however much money you charged it up with. And if someone were to scam it or whatever, most they could ever do is steal whatever you had in there. I don't think that's ideal because they could still scam it. So you just put $200 in there, you go get you know $30 worth of gas and somebody steals 170, you're not really out, you know, you're still out 170 bucks, right? So my other theory was just uh, doing cash. But man, I really like having the receipts from you know doing it with credit. Yeah. So you're dealing, this is partial work for you. So do you do cash to worry, you know, not have to worry about the fraud or? And I, I don't uh, no, I have like three bank accounts and a business account and like credit cards and stuff. So like, I know this sounds like fucking weird, but so I don't keep like all my bank account cards together in this situation. I'll like stick one in my suitcase or something and then maybe another one in my backpack. So if one gets fucked up or whatever, I still got a backup. And then I can also like my, I have a USAA account 
and I can send money from that to other accounts, like through my phone. And then like my Chase account, same thing. All right, so I don't know. We're not here to instruct everybody or woman explain how to do a road trip, but uh, we can touch on these things. So flashlights, get uh, some weak flashlight. We were going to spend some money for you the other day, did we? Um, well, I remember I got that. I, a friend gave me like this fucking thousand lumen flashlight or whatever, so I have that now. And so I'll bring that, and I won't bring the mag light. Definitely don't bring a mag light. You do need to get a um, double, a triple A battery light. I'm going to send you to my Amazon just because I'm selfish. And uh, this way, uh, I need to get my, uh, what do you call it? I need to sell stuff on my uh, thing or they're going to shut me off. So I'm going to send people. Oh, are they? Yeah. Why? Why? Because I don't sell anything. I sell zero. Am I allowed to show people my thing? It's like, it's nothing. It's not even $5 a month. It's like basically a dollar. So um, how do I get to it, though? Your lists. Why isn't it taking me to my list? Well, maybe it's being a jerk now. Like I said, it's, it's in the process of shutting me down. I was showing it to Hosh the other day, though. There it is. Okay, so this light here, it's $17. You can actually get it a little cheaper in town sometimes, but it's usually around $19. I'm going to throw this link in there in case you want to buy it. Okay. But cannot recommend this light enough. I've had this light forever, and every time it breaks or whatever happens to it, oh, wait, I'm throwing you the wrong link. Probably the link that I make money on. Um, this one, so that we make money on the link. I don't know if it'll work on YouTube, but it's on gun channels. All right, so it's got a couple of things. One, it takes a AAA battery, and if you're cheap like me, it doesn't have to be a good AAA battery since it's just a really nice LED. Uh, you can put an old junky AAA that's not working in like a remote control or something else, and most of the time you put it in here and it still works for a while. Uh, or if you put a brand new one in there, it's going to work for months probably. Uh, it's got the clip that is ingenious because you can use it from both sides. So if you want to clip it in your pocket, you can. If you want to clip it to the brim of your hat, you can. If it works to clip it on your collar or your jacket for something when you're outside fixing a tire, you can. If you need to clip it to the side of a bag or a strap on something, on a suitcase or something, to light your way and have it hands-free. So it's great. It doesn't weigh anything. It weighs the same as a AAA battery. That's how big it is in your hand. It's nothing, but it's not so small, like a tiny, tiny one that you can't manipulate it. So um, you can still uh, use it. And then it's a push button on the end. So uh, not a twisty kind of thing. You have to use two hands to manipulate. In fact, you can just hold it and smash it against uh, something and it'll, you can get the little rubber switch. So literally the best light I can, I can recommend ever. It, it would only be better if it was made in this country. I don't know if any of them are made in this country, but they're probably not $17 if they are. For some reason, it looks like it comes with a lanyard now, so that could even be better. 
if you're into putting things around your neck. But uh, not really into lanyards. They also have a rechargeable version, which I think I like even better. Okay, well that's up to you. As long as it can also take the AAAs, because part of the awesomeness of this is AAAs are pretty much everywhere. So if you get it to some proprietary um, battery type that's necessary to use a rechargeable, and something happens and you're out, then it's not as useful. But uh, assuming it's the same, you know, if it's if it'll take a AAA or a AA also, then yeah, go for it. Um, Streamlight's a pretty decent company, and I don't get paid nothing except if you use that link. I guess on seventeen dollars, I'll get like seventeen cents, five percent. Oh, sweet, seventeen cents. Dollar seventy, it would be ten percent. Maybe I get three dollars. No, that'd be too much. Five percent, half a dollar seventy. I get eighty cents if you bought it off the link. But if you don't buy it in town, you might see it for as low as thirteen. If I ever see them for nine, I buy two or three. You know, that's that. Do you often see them for nine dollars? No, I have a couple of times at gun shows, though, and they do wear out. I'll break the clip off. Eventually, the clip is um, just metal, whatever, spring steel, so that you can kind of see how it doesn't go all the way around the body, which is good because you want a sacrificial clip. I want a sacrificial clip. I don't want the clip to rip my pants, in other words. If this thing gets stuck on something and I'm falling out of a helicopter, you know, or if I'm trying to jump free of a helicopter that's crashing, let's put it that way. I don't okay. want to stuck to the crashing helicopter because of my freaking what, light clip. Right. But, uh, anyway, so I'll eventually lose a clip, and that's why I'm in the situation I'm in right now. Uh, and then more often than that, the back is like a little rubber, I don't know, diaphragm that protects the plunger of the light, and that'll rip when you use it a lot. So depending on how much you use it or how abusive you are, you know, I'm always doing things and jumping out of the car window. Jumping and stuff. out of he helicopters? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people don't live that kind of lifestyle. Their their flashlight might last longer. Anyway, that's my recommendation for that kind of flashlight. Uh, the only other one that would be anywhere close would be the version that's this one, which is two AAAs. So if you're into, so you're a girl though, you like littler things. But this one would be more like a Sharpie marker, size of that. Oh. And it's just basically the same. I don't know. I just don't like it as much because you need to put two batteries in it. I, I like that the other one just uses one. But this would be if you needed a little bit more. Maybe you got the arthritis. I don't know. For some reason. I don't got the arthritis. Fit it in a pen container. But I do carry one of these in my backpack because it is, again, it's 20 bucks. Pretty good. If you see it's somewhere cheaper than 20 bucks, grab it. All right. So that was the lights. Um... What's the deal with um, roadside stuff? You're just going to girl it up and make a phone call? You're not going to do anything on the side of the road? Realistically, though... Dude, what do you think I can do? I don't I know how to change a tire. I hear you, but here's the thing. Realistically, Murphy's Law, you're not going to get a flat tire like... Pew, 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 pew. Oh, the flat tire's going to happen, light is on. And now you have chance to like get off the phone and pull over. Right. The parking spot and then bam your tire blows out right right so it's going to happen in a weird spot it's raining it's, you know i don't know there's trucks flying yeah. by it's midnight so for that kind of stuff what i'm getting at is a, a headlamp a flash a flashlight that you stick to your head so if you do got to get out in the middle of the night maybe you just drop something you're talking on the phone texting you know and driving like you do and then whoa i dropped my phone out the window and now you have to like stop and go look for it uh, I don't have one in here, but the, um, you know, there's all kinds of little headlamps that are tiny 
And that's the kind of thing you put in the glove box or put it in a three-day bag. And it's just there. And if you never need it, great. But if you do, uh, it's the kind of thing that's invaluable. If you're changing a tire or, like I say, just looking for something or dropped keys somewhere. You're not going to have critters. I mean, that eliminates a lot of it. No, I don't bring animals with me, but... Um, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, as far as roadside, I'm pretty much a slave to the AAA. Right, and I can hear you on on the uh, actually doing of the work. Now, here's the other thing: I first started seeing these things back in the day when they still would go to Shot Show and they would sell these to cops, and they're basically a hockey puck. So they're like you know they're a handful, a little bit bigger than a handful. And they're the coolest things ever. They're super rugged. They're just discs. These look like they're orange, which you probably wouldn't like. But um, they're rechargeable, and uh, they're super rugged. And they usually have, like, some kind of a, a blinking patterns. Like, it's you know, like a signal? Uh, like hazard lights, I guess. So you can set uh -huh. one up in your trunk. They got these magnets, it looks like. So you can set it up on up on your trunk, put them on the ground, uh, put one up on the top of the car, and they're the size of hockey pucks. It looks like this set is forty dollars. Back in the day, these things were like ninety dollars a piece because they were selling them to cops, and they knew they were getting municipalities to pay for them. And the cops would have them in really cool, like little setups. So in the back of their cop car, you would open it up, and like in the hood, like of the trunk. Like up in there, there'd be a set of these things, and you could just whip them out like Chinese stars and throw them on the ground. And that's the idea: is you can just whip them out there. They don't cause any, like an old road flare would be burning, you know, actual flame. So there's none of that danger, and they're super bright. They're just massive strobes. So you set them up to some pattern that you like, either blink, 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 or some kind of a random thingy. Right. And then, and then sometimes they also the ones that I was familiar with had different modes. And you could turn on like a white light and now they're just like a lantern. So you stick one underneath the hood of your car and it's a lantern. Uh, and then you have a couple more for hazards. So again, it's something that they're not going to have in the rental probably, although every rental should have these. It doesn't make any sense why they don't. But, uh, you know, it's something that you could bring along, have in like a three-day bag, like a little go bag. And it's just stuff that hopefully you never need. But for 40 bucks, it's insurance. And I don't know yeah, if that's kind of like a cool idea. And then they make some other form factors, which would be more like a wand or something like that, that sits on the ground. Even something like this one is just a set of LEDs and like more of a flashlight, like your mag light. But then probably like this has a red option. So it'll flash red. And that's like a $10 option. And something like this, if you buy a cheap one, you know, this isn't something you go to every five minutes, as long as it works the one or two times you need it on the side of the road. Uh, then, you know, $10, $10. What's that one right under it? This is some sort oh, of... Actually, shit, I do have one. I should have sent it to you. I just sent you some stuff. I wasn't oh, thinking. But, uh, the thing I was talking about that I sent to all my Patreons. If you were a Patreon people back in the day, I think I sent some out to them. Um, how do I put it in here? It's sort of like a mini, a smaller version of that thing that I was just showing you with the LEDs coming out the side, sort of like this. And uh, this thing is a super handy light to have. And it's uh, got a magnet on the back, 
so you can put it up under the uh, hood to illuminate what you're doing under the hood if you needed to or like this guy's doing you can just clip it on your shirt or what and it's just like a little floodlight out of LED oh that thing's cool yeah this one's looks handy Caterpillar branded but if it's nine dollars here I'm sure you can find these all over Amazon uh, these are handy too for just inside the vehicle. So I know you're talking about having the other person drive and you're just going to sit back in the back hanging out and doing Instagram and stuff. So if you want, you could, you know, prop this up somewhere as a light if it was at night or whatever and have uh, illumination back there. Mobile office, backseat office. All right. So it looks like some other people are showing up. If anybody wants a link, let us know. But otherwise, we've been talking about the stuff that you might bring on a road trip and the concept of a three-day bag. So it's not like you're trying to bring what Bob would bring. Everything for every contingency and then two different options for each contingency. But instead, like I think the way I described the three-day pack on this website is everything you need to get along on an adventure, emergency, or an evacuation uh, complete for just a few days large enough for more than one day it's smaller than a full backpack or full luggage and something you can have waiting nearby so we're talking about specifically one for a road trip as opposed to an airline trip or like an outdoor uh, hiking trip or something like that so we went through water and food and bedding and we talked about having some copies of documents i don't know if you said you're going to do or not uh, um i think you just like mansplained it and then didn't ask me I didn't ask you. And then I also mansplained money to you, currency, because girls never understand that. You were just going to charge everything. Yeah, that, well, money is like, that's man's business. I don't really have a part in that. Um, so, but what about the documents? Does that give you any clues, or did you already have a system for that also? Yeah, so I totally bring my passport as like a backup ID. And I take a picture of like, my insurance card and my driver's license and stuff like that. Also, I bring extra glasses. Oh, you mean uh, reading glasses or glasses that have Well, like seeing, because I can't yeah, see. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point, because if you got a prescription, there's not everywhere has one-hour glasses and... Uh, Sometimes yeah, I mean, like, so if I don't have glasses, I'm, like, fucked. That's a super but good... I extra... Just because who the fuck knows what will happen. Well, that kind of is, like, the next section, medication. So, prescription for medication, prescription for glasses. But, um, medications, um, was also going to put in there. Um, first aid, I guess, safety, same kind of thing. Um, again, for a road trip, I don't know if you need, I mean, I carry around a massive first aid kit. Um, I guess I think, you know, depending on what I'm doing, I want more than I need and I've got the van, but with this concept of a three day trip, you're probably going to bring more of like a boo-boo kit stuff that you can use to keep comfort yourself and your companions there and just not need to waste time going to a store to buy you know, even if it's inexpensive, what's the point of buying a hundred band-aids or a hundred? Yeah, I mean, I have like or something when you only need three, right? Yeah, I have. I don't know, a couple different size band-aids and like 
you know, in those pads you can use to clean something up real quick. Uh, you just make up your own. I mean, you're an adult, you're an old lady already, 30s. So you probably had gone through, you figured out how to bring your own first aid kit, or do you just go buy one off the shelf at like Walgreens? Um, before my mom retired, her company handed out these like little first aid kits that just have like a gauze pad, some like uh, Neosporin, a bigger band-aid and some smaller band-aids and like a cleaning wipe. So I basically just have that inside a toiletries bag. Oh, I went the wrong way. I muted instead of unmuted. So moleskins, you're going to be doing any walking? Or is that an issue? Uh, yeah, but I don't usually need like moleskins. Well, I use boots mostly. Here, you're walking around with your tennis shoes, I guess. Um, I yeah, I'm walking around wearing like Adidas, like superstars uh, or something. What about the hand wipes, the baby wipes? I got into. Oh yeah, so I totally bring those. Fuck yeah, baby wipes are the shit. I got into them with the life. They're like having a little sink and everything. Yeah, like you can't go wrong with some baby wipes. So yeah, I totally bring those. Baby wipes are essential. I have baby wipes in my car all the time. What do you think of the, I don't know what you do for going through pills, but I don't, I'm not like, I don't bring like a bottle of aspirin or nothing. All right. The only time I have a bottle of aspirin is when I forget to do this and then I'll have a bottle of aspirin. I don't like having it because then I got a bottle of aspirin laying around, but uh, not aspirin, but whatever, ibuprofen or something. Because I very rarely use one of them kind of things. So what I like is having those like two pill little, they look like packets of sugar or something, but they're two pills. Right. Um, or do you do like the other and just, or do you not even bring stuff like that? Um, I bring like, so I have this little like orange, of course, pill case. And I just put like, I got some Advil in there. I got some Benadryl. I got some Ambien's, some other shit. And I just bring that. So it's not like, I mean, I don't need 30, I don't need 30 pills or anything. And there's nothing in there that I take every day. It's just like, oh, I got a headache or, you know, whatever. You did a lot of walk-in one day, so you need some Advil or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like shit like that. It's not like, you know, I need a mobile pharmacy. It's literally like a, uh, I don't know, maybe two and a half inch by two and a half inch pill case. So it's not too much. It's not like a ton of shit. Now, with all that being said, as far as like the comfort stuff, you are going to be on the road for a long amount of time. So what kind of tourniquet do you have? What do you mean? Tourniquet. Do you have a trauma kit? Like when you go to the range, do you have a tourniquet? No. Trauma kit? I don't have any of that shit. I'm unprepared for everything. Okay. So now we're going to go get you a tourniquet. And let's see if I've got it on my Amazon thing. I should. But uh, seriously, a tourniquet is a way to stop the bleeding on an extremity. So neck, even literally, you could have a jugular thing. And um, definitely arm or leg, obviously. Uh, but thing about um, tourniquets is when you need them, you need them. Uh, you don't get to, oh, I'm going to improvise a tourniquet because theoretically I could make a tourniquet out of a belt or even a piece of 550 cord. Well, bullshit. Most things are going to stretch. And if you're bleeding out, 
you know, that's the first thing that kills you. It's literally the fastest way to die. Um, so without making it too crazy, just just that law of numbers, if you're in a vehicle for a long time or a majority of the time for your 30 days period, it just makes sense to be aware that, you know, something might happen where unintentional un, or un, uncreated by you, you know, other people are going to be around and there's a potential for something horrible. So, um, or being next to somebody, how horrible would it be to watch a little kid uh, bleed out when for $23 you could each have a tourniquet in your pocket? So, um, these are SWAT tourniquets. I cannot recommend them enough. I got them on my um, Amazon site thing because uh, they're that important. They're about the size of a pack of cigarettes or a deck of cards, right? And it's basically just a big rubber band. It's a big flat piece of rubber, maybe like some kind of old dietary you know, exercise thing or something, um, or like some kind of wrap or something like for your stomach or something. But it's just a flat piece of rubber band material, and it's got this pattern on it, so you know that when you stretch it, um, basically what that you're doing it right. Uh, unlike a lot of tourniquets, it doesn't need a windlass, the little plasticky thing that comes back and holds a tourniquet in place. Um, this thing is uses the compression of the rubber, the, the, the characteristic of the material itself uh, to cut off circulation. Everyone's familiar with the surgical tubing and this kind of thing that they'll use uh, in a hospital situation when they're doing blood pressure type of tourniquet stuff. So uh, this works pretty well. And uh, how does it does it just stick to itself? It doesn't so much stick to itself as you once you've got it wrapped around, there's enough of it, it's long enough that the end will be enough that you can fold it back in on itself or, you know, tuck it back in on itself, I guess I should say. And, um, you know, as you can imagine, if you were trying to wrap a rubber band around your finger, you can kind of just tuck the looser rubber at the end as you're rubbing it around, it gets less and less, you know, constricted. So there is no windlass, so there's nothing to wrap. And let's see, it kind of shows you shittily here. Um, but basically get the idea that you're just going to wrap this around a few times and then tuck it into itself and then it's going to uh, stop the bleeding for a while. thing I like best about it is it's so small and it's completely easy to use. Anybody can figure it out. And the best part is that it's the size of it. It can be used for a critter. It can be used for a kid, baby. Right? You're not going to always go around tourniqueting babies, but if somebody's around and knows what they're doing, uh, this is the kind of tool that, again, you don't have time to start looking around for stuff like this. So anyway, when I'm driving, I have one of these in my pocket all the time. Again, if it's not just for you, it's for somebody else. And if you need it, then you certainly want it there. Um, so anyway, that's one suggestion. And then a cat tourniquet would be a, a, a better tourniquet, a CAT uh, tourniquet, uh, which is a legit tourniquet. And I would go with the real one not one of these, which might be airsoft or made to look like it for role-playing. Uh, a $30 one is probably a more accurate price. And uh, a real tourniquet used by, like, military and law enforcement and stuff for when it matters. I've seen those before. There's lots of different opinions on them. It's sort of like the caliber debate and stuff. So you would talk to different people and get different opinions. But um, anyway, I recommend having one of these. Maybe on, I mean, it might be crazy to say on a seatbelt, but if you're going to have your three-day pack nearby, uh, if you've looked at any of the videos I've ever done, I'll have my tourniquet and my trauma kit right on the outside of whatever bag it is. So if I have that bag in my back seat or between the seats, then that means my, my tourniquet and my trauma kit are right there on the outside. 
and I do that whenever I go to an event where there's firearms, like a gun show or any kind of range event, because I want that thing within reach of me. If I'm in a vehicle, it just is, serves dual purpose. I have it within reach of me, and it's a way to stop bleeding. So in the tourniquet, obviously, it's done to uh, constrict the flow of blood, so it stops the bleeding on an extremity, uh, but it's not necessarily the first option. Uh, so in a trauma kit, as opposed to a first aid kit, I'll have just gauze. Uh, both the zigzag or rolled gauze, which is just a big roll of ace bandage, except it's gauze, sterile, and that's used to pack a wound, and then some uh, pads, so gauze with pads uh, to uh, stop the bleeding on the outside. So you want to pack a, a deep wound and then or a puncture or something uh, with the gauze and then apply pressure to the gauze with the uh, impression bandage. So uh, trauma kit with a uh, couple of ace bandages and some gauze is all you need. All this other crap about click clot and all that is for people that want to sell you a $30 thing extra, uh, gauze and click clot. And if you're really interested, we can uh, source one of them for you off of here, or you can just go to Walgreens and buy some sterile gauze and some uh, bandages and, and some compression stuff. Israeli bandages are great because they're in a military grade, heavy plastic, green, uh, are they called Israeli bandages because Israeli, they're from, like, Israel? I think so. Let's see, I'll just open this in a new window if I can. Look at that, it knows. It's as if Amazon knows what people are going to look at when they're looking at things. So this is an example of a trauma kit with too much crap in it, but uh, this is what an Israeli bandage looks like when it's wrapped up, and then when it's unwrapped, it's just a compression bandage. So it'll just be like a big ace bandage with some sterile gauze on it. And looks like you can get two of them, uh, six inch wide, which is plenty for $19, or just get one for eight. And again, you could get something equivalent to this at Walgreens and not pay so much. This is just in a really nice material, in a nice wrapping. And again, people will go, eh, but let's say you go out of control and you hit a thing and you're in the water now. And now you get out of the vehicle and you bring your go bag with you, but it's now been drenched and you're drenched. So is your is your Walgreens $1.99 equivalent of this waterproof or is it drenched? So is the stuff you're trying to provide aid to yourself or your driving companion or that little, you know, nun orphan who fell out of the van next to you? Um, you know, are they getting adequate dry sterile gauze or are they getting wet, soppy, nothing into helping them at all? So that's where I think military grade wrapping is worth Is the there any kind of kit where it's like not like it's all there and you just buy a kit? Definitely. Like I say, there, it's like buying, uh, I don't know. It would be like anything. There's a lot of options. So there's going to be multiple ones. But, yeah, there's definitely uh, versions where you can get the kind of stuff wrapped up in a little kit like this and just have that thing handy. Um, it's like playing guitar or painting. You know, there's you can buy paints, but you're never going to get everybody to agree on what the paint should, painting should look like. Right. So you get people that understand that agree on certain elements, but just in the way that this thing opens, you know, there's going to be people that disagree about the form factor of it or the way that it disengages from its mount. There's just, there's so much facets to this. I, I guess we're in a van chat, so we're getting heavy into it, but 
I guess the idea would be for as far as safety is concerned on a driving kit, I would encourage people to not overlook something like a tourniquet. I hopefully no, you know, you never have to deal with it. I'm I'm assuming people that don't think about it have never dealt with a road wreck or something. But again, if we're talking about being on the road for 30 days and spending a majority of that time literally behind the wheel, then uh, and then one of those other things would be like a uh, window breaker seatbelt cutter type of little gig gizmos. You already have something like that? I do. I have a, uh, I think it's got like a flashlight on it as well. So remembering to bring that with, right? Yeah, I stick it in my backpack, which kind of like stays with me. So it'll be in the car. It's like, you know, right there. And then. So since you're going in the rental, though, try to remember that's the kind of stuff, too, that um, it's a good idea to try to remind people when they're going on their trips, because I've done that too many times. I have something in the cop car and I'm in the van like, oh, you know, I know exactly where it is in the cop car. I'm not trying to scare her from driving. I'm trying to. Right now I'm canceling my trip. No. I'm trying to scare her from driving so that we can sew instead. He just wants me to make stickers. I do. Of course, now I'm like, oh, I don't need any stickers. I don't need stickers. Now you're like a week away, and I'm like, oh, I got so many ideas for stickers. So many sticker ideas. But it's not a big deal. As soon as you leave, I'm just going to sneak into your place and start printing. So ideally, right. I bought like a lot of ink before you left. Well, you know where it is. All right. So the next thing is after safety. And again, I can't encourage you enough to think about getting something like a flashing light or something, a headlight. Uh, so again, if you do have to stop on the side of the road and I don't know, trying to think of what else, trying to think of what it's like to not have anything for a road emergency and then try to recommend it to somebody who's going to be drive around in a vehicle that we know is going to have nothing. We assume it's going to have a spare tire. It'll have a spare tire. But they don't do anything like a cool, I don't know, like a light up little triangle, you know, those like little triangle things that maybe three or four of them that'll, you know, they might install yeah, the, the trunk. I mean, that flashlight I have has like a strobe mode on it. That's a good idea. And that's something that just something like that, because let's say you're driving around and that car's electric just goes out. Like there's, for whatever reason, something happens and there's just no lights at all. And you're on a strip of land in the middle of New Mexico or something where there's just nothing out there. And now there's trucks going by every once in a while. You know, having a little strobe on there would be nice. Or just something to let people know you're there for their... Yep. And I also have an extra battery for it. Oh, let's talk about, since we're talking car, are you going to, you're going to put the dash cam into the rental? I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to put the dash cam into the rental. Do you have a satellite radio? Uh, it'll be in the rental. They'll have that already? Yeah, well, like my Scion has one like in the head unit. And then the rentals will have it too. So, and then uh, last on my list here is entertainment. You because know, sometimes road trips can be mind-numbing and boring. So I bring two things: my iPod, and then I also have Spotify, and you know, unlimited data. So I basically just play my like shitty playlists the whole time. And I'm good with that. I think I'm going to make a new playlist. 
and add stuff to that. So maybe I'll start doing that. But that's pretty much my entertainment. And then when I'm not driving, I'm going to be fucking marketing. So, I mean, there's entertainment, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's up to everybody, I guess. And then depending on how many people are with, I was going to say, a nice thing to have is a deck of cards. Then you get stuck someplace and you've got something that doesn't rely on, well, you kind of need light. That's about it. But even candlelight would work. And even if you're alone, that can be something to pass time, you know, even when you call the place. I mean, I got stuck outside of Tucson one time, and it took them forever because they have to go way past me. You know, they're not supposed to make a U-turn right in the middle of the highway. They go way past me to get to an exit to make a U-turn and come way back to me, you know, just because the way I got stuck in the exits and the, you know, the highway. So you might be out in the middle of no place, and then, oh, yeah, we'll get there. Sometime later tonight. Well, I have, uh, I will bring AK cards. They're already in my stuff. Um, but I have two backup batteries for my phone. So, and collectively have like eight full charges for my phone. So, I think I'll be good. Now, do you bring a backup phone? I should. I mean, but I don't have one. But dealing guess, with my uh, one phone, I'm already like the world's worst text messenger, so dealing with one phone's enough. Well, all right, but phones are more than text things. You, for like, what are you going to do for GPS? Uh, my phone. There you go. Or the car. Oh, the car will have GPS in it. I guess. Yeah. That. All right, you got me there. All right. Well, I guess that's everything. Well, and I- then. So we're, we'll actually have paper maps and stuff because my travel companion is paranoid. So there's going to be a paper map. I'm going to ask the chat to mansplain whatever we missed on this chat. I tried to mansplain. Oh, that'd be good. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'll forget something. Let's see. I think you triggered too hotty. No, you think he's talking about general. Uh, let's see. Three med kits for winning the Dollar Tree. Build a nice cheap kit. Trauma kits are still expensive. No time for dicking around. Yep. I should have them built, recognized. Okay, whatever. Okay, that's up to there. None of us should ever need a trauma kit, but going without isn't a big risk. But once you put them together, it's good to go. Yeah, they're not real big. Most trauma kits can be, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what size that would be. Not very big. Size of your fist, a little bit bigger. Well, meat doesn't, I don't know. Maybe there's something that's like a kit already. Right, well, 
Well, so we'll ask them what we're missing, and then we can. I think that was it. Yeah, we'll go on to other things. So we can go over to the Gunshot Loophole Tour. So I've been putting stuff over there. I've tried to get some funds raised for Texas over the weekend here doing these water burger patches. Uh, definitely uh, got some interest in that, thanks to the people that uh, bought some stuff. Uh, haven't quite made enough to get to Texas. Do they have orange Velcro on the back? Uh, pretty much literally everything I'm making now has orange Velcro because I'm okay. running out, I'm almost out of white completely. I'm almost out of black, and you gave me a giant box of orange, so I don't have to buy any others, so it'll all be orange for a while. That's cool that I like that. It's a little different than the other stuff, so it must be, it was like it was made for, like, windbreakers. I yeah, it's, say. like, thin, right? And it's rubbery, so it's, like, waterproof, I think. So that's another added bonus is that these are waterproof patches now. Um, anyway, so yeah, I posted that over on the YouTubes, but, uh, I guess your reach declines when you have 29 videos instead of 3,600 videos. So, uh, a little less traffic than in 60 days on the road? Uh, ideally, I was hoping to do 4,200 miles. I don't know when we did this kind of route. I don't think it was a van chat, though. I think it might have been somebody's, um, cave or lobby type of hangout it might have been with dead horse but um i got some interest since this is a van chat we'll talk about this as this our next segment uh, i got some interest in the tour from a third party let's say um i don't know for whatever reason people like to come tell me about their big plans so somebody came along told me about their big plans and part of their big plans was like oh your tour sounds awesome so too bad it didn't get funded let's get it funded so I went, all right, if this is a possibility, you don't have to twist my arm. I'll go find another route and let's get back on the road because I do really want to get up to Cody, Wyoming. And it's about to be a billion degrees down here. seems a lot more appealing to me to be in northern Wyoming when it's a billion degrees in Tucson than to be in Tucson. So uh, I know I got the NRA show coming up here next weekend in Dallas. And right now it doesn't look like... You know, I don't have money just pouring out my butt, and it's going to cost 500 bucks to get to Dallas and back. Uh, so I said, okay, if I'm going to do a tour and I'm already in Dallas, where else am I going to go? So there's a Denver Antique Show, which is sort of a gun show for antique guns that my friend of mine's going to. And I, I guess I chopped the date out of there, but it's some date, like two weeks, I think, or a week after NRA. So I figured, okay, that's a destination that's worth going to. And that gets me a good chunk of the way to Cody. That also gets me past Dragon Man, which is, I'm always going to take an excuse to go past Dragon Man. It also gets me past the gunsmithing school in Trinidad, Colorado, which I've had the uh, invitation to do a tour of. And I just never, I always end up being going past there like the day of. And I, I know I text the guy the day of. So ideally, I'll do a trip like this that isn't spur of the moment. And I'll give that guy a few days heads up. And I'll get that tour of the gunsmithing school. I'll get to Denver, see that gun show. I've never actually got to Denver yet, so that'll be interesting. Then, uh, talking to Dead Horse, uh, I would head over to Salt Lake City and attend a gun show in Salt Lake City on the 2nd and 3rd. Hook up with Dead Horse, say hey. Um, hopefully hook up with North American Arms, who have been a big fan of for a long time. We did a factory tour in 2010, so it'd be cool to do a, a, a follow-up eight years later. Uh, there's other places in Salt Lake City. I don't know how long I'll be there, but 
Um, I guess I have about a week there. So give me enough time to follow up on Dead Horse had I uh, invitation to go shoot in the factory where Browning, when he, he was Browning and Brothers firearms manufacturers, they had three different factories outside of Salt Lake City and one of them is still standing and a restaurant owns the front of it, but the back of it where they had the shooting range is still left intact from the olden days, I guess. So uh, we've got the invite to shoot on that range. So that's the goal of heading to Salt Lake City. Uh, then I'd head back to Cheyenne, Wyoming for a gun show, mainly just to be able to attend a gun show in Wyoming. And then I'd be done with the tour. So I would mosey back home and it would get me past uh, Colorado. We already checked out. There's no more gun shows in Colorado in that time frame. There's no gun shows in uh, New Mexico. It's possible there's one in Arizona. I didn't check yet, uh, but for the most part, I figured that would give me a chance to mosey home through Colorado, hit that gunsmithing school if I hadn't already, uh, Dragon Man again, or Dragon Man if I hadn't already. There must be other gun shops in Colorado. Um, hopefully somebody out there has access to NORAD and can get me into NORAD. That'd be awesome. How awesome would it be to get the van in the same place as maybe someplace from War Games next to that big door or something? That would be awesome. I'll put the van right next to, uh, or drive the van up to where the Whopper was. Anyway, so uh, check out the, um, was it the Winningham Center, the NRA Museum in New Mexico, and the Red Dawn shooting locations, filming locations. So that would be the, the trip. So we'll see what happens. Right now, it's not funded. I don't even, I didn't even put, I don't even, I didn't even look what gas would cost on that 4,200 miles divided by... But 11 miles to the gallon, it's probably a lot. Where's Smiggy? He's usually good for that. He does the maths around here, but he's, uh, Smiggy's hey, He hates us. Is that really 381 gallons? I think it is. So <laughs> that would be a lot of gas. So uh, we'll see. Uh, haven't gotten a response to the email that was really hot on chatting it up, but you never know. Sometimes, uh, what seems like a lot of money to somebody doesn't seem like a lot of money to somebody else. Maybe I will be on the road. But either way, the van is safe for another month or so. So appreciate the couple of people that are supporting us over on the Patreon. Um, I'm going to jump over to that. You can uh, find it on lots of different websites when you go to this little link that says become a Patreon. It'll take you over to our Patreon page. And if we go to the main page, uh, we're showing our Patreons and our money so everybody can see. We're at about, not quite a thousand bucks a month right now. And uh, one of our goals here is to keep the van. So uh, we've got a slot down here for the pit crew. Uh, it's basically going to take 10 people uh, to pay off the van each month. 250 bucks is the loan on the van. So uh, I'll keep it as long as I can. And with everybody's help, we'll uh, keep it around. And I'm trying to, uh, you know, do what we can to uh, work with what we got. And using the Patreon, we'll work towards that. Otherwise, we'll keep uh, working on the van as long as it's around. And we'll keep on the van chats to talk about the various road trips and Angelina's trip. Since uh, I'm hoping you're going to jump in. You'll be gone at least a couple of Sundays while you're out there. I will be, uh, so I probably won't be on the Daily Gun Show as much or fan chat. Because I'll be doing whatever I'm doing. 
Uh, let's see. So that was that stuff. And oh, I didn't have all my notes open here. if I had other things in here opening up the topics and it's the 29th so we missed a few topics over the weeks but um, we'll go with today's the longest trip you've taken the longest road trip you've taken and then we got a conversation we got an, an, uh, an audience out there so we'll be asking them as well um, guessing somebody out there's taken a, a road trip before uh, what's your longest road trip? Uh, currently, probably about three weeks. And that was your one last year? Yeah. What about you? I don't know. I was... I know the one was 11. I'd have to... I'm going to try mapping real quick my other one while we watch to see... Um, what other people say. When I was a kid, I started doing road trips as a youngin, uh, right out of the army, and I had a bunch of extra money because I didn't care about money. It was probably that one. So here, I guess I can screen share. Let's say I started in Tucson. We went to San Francisco, then we went to Vancouver Island. In there's Columbia. So we didn't actually drive that far, so maybe I should say Seattle. We took a boat over to there. And then we went to, a friend of mine was going to go to Wyoming for school. So we were going to check that out. So what is that? In Wyoming. Then we went over to Madison, Wisconsin. Now what happened? Why is it Madison, Wisconsin? And then went uh, How much time was this? I don't remember. This was a long time ago. I didn't have anything to do. So Dayton, Ohio. Like, let's just say we went to Atlanta. I don't remember exactly where we went down there. And we went to New Orleans. And then it was San Antonio. No, that was only 6,000 miles. Hmm. So, yeah. Pretty good loop, though. Longer. Huh? Pretty good loop. Yeah, it sucked it up. We Our plan was to go, to go everywhere, to go to Maine and Minnesota and stuff. And then we started, we were dumb. We were idiots. And I didn't understand money. Somehow, back then, I didn't understand money good. So um, we stopped at Denny's basically every night. Do we stop in hotels? We didn't really stay in hotels because we were basically just sleeping wherever. But, uh, yeah, the Denny's killed us. Stupid. What the hell are we eating back then? Grand Slams. No, they had some kind of a vegetarian thing. I don't remember what it was anymore. But anyway, that killed us. But yeah, that's crazy. I would have thought that was longer. But yeah, last year was 11,000. So, last year. Well, road trips, it was fun. So weird. You would think that that would be much longer. 
anyway so let's see what kind of responses we're getting out there nothing on the youtube side what's up with that and nothing on the bad channel side so there you go so there's nothing so what about you said three weeks I'm trying to wonder how many weeks that would have been this thing says it's 98 hours and we probably spent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Probably not even twenty days. So I'm guessing after all that and said and done, it's not like we I mean, were pretty much on the road the whole time. We stopped a couple of places overnight or here and there for two days, but probably on the move a little quicker than you're going to be doing it. Like marathon driving? No, nah, it was two of us, me and my friend, and. Uh, we, we, yeah, we were driving between places. We had destinations. So, like, we went here and just hung out for a while, went here and hung out for a while. For us back then, it was kids that we knew from school that had moved, mostly people from the Army or whatever that lived in different parts of the country, and then, like, hung out with them until they got sick of us, <laughs> and then move on to the next one. Just nomading? Not quite, but almost, I guess you could say, in a way. I mean, we were kind of open. Everybody knew we were on the road. This was a long time ago. It was before Internet, too. I'm trying to remember how we did it, I guess, with phone calls mostly. And just told them, hey, we're on the road. We might be by in the next month or so. And I guess everybody was used to that kind of thing. So I was like, okay. And then we'd be somewhere for a day or two. We were kids still. So, you know, we'd be somewhere. What does kid mean? Like we're barely out of high school or whatever. So... We didn't have like houses or jobs or anything. So the people that we were hanging out with were still kids living with their parents for the most part or, you know, people that are just out on their own. So we were either getting their parent on their parents nerves or on their wives nerves or whatever. So it's not like we stayed anywhere very long. We we're just these two friends that showed up and hung around and wasted a bunch of time and then kept going. It was fun, though. And that was back in the days. My friend was a crazy international dude. He he was in, well, he wasn't in, what do they call that? What's that called where you send people away? Like you don't like your kids anymore. So you send them to another country and you take some other country's kid. Oh, like foreign exchange? Yeah. So they did that, except he wasn't actually sent away. His parents loved him, but he was really in like all the foreign exchange people that came here. Like he only hung out with those people. He loved other countries for some reason. So uh, every time we'd go somewhere, he would meet all the weird people from other countries. So it was a trip. That guy was a weird guy. He was a fun guy to know, but I don't know. He's one of those guys who could just start a conversation with anybody. And he, I guess it's that whole European thing or that whole international thing. Like travelers are kind of open to conversation. That's what they're doing. They're out experiencing the world. So they're real open to people that are going to you know, talk to them. Right. Anyway, he was really into that. So it was an interesting trip for sure. Because, yeah, we'd go to, like, Atlanta and talk to people from, like, Germany and Spain. And then some people from Atlanta that were into talking to people from Germany and Spain and whatever. All right. So with all of that, um, fans doing decent. Uh, washed it up. Um been working now that we got the taxes and everything done. Like I say, working on new strategies. Um, uh, looking at some goals for the year and assuming keep the van, try to keep everything, you know, assuming that we're keeping it. Uh, I've got a couple of, I got a plan to get some of this work done on it before the big trip. So this was, this one we would just kind of described here was a, you know, if it can make it happen kind of quickly uh, type of trip, 
but um, the next big trip uh, will be important one this year is gun rights policy conference in September. I've already got my uh, uh, registration for that one. I encourage anyone who has got any interest in traveling at all this year and have any interest in the Second Amendment, that's a, one that's worthy of going to. And uh, the week before it, there's a opportunity to chat with the granddaughter of Bannerman. So I'm going to consider that my uh, goal for the rest of the year for as far as the trip. And that gives me plenty of time to get the van going. So we'll have more of these uh, chats. I uh, got some ideas on how to get people active and interested in doing the uh, the van pit crew and uh, make it worth everybody's while and fun. And again, we'll uh, continue to uh, have the Sunday chats. And well, hopefully this is at a time when, depending on what part of the country you're in, uh, you're able to jump in. I can send you links on the phone. And even if you don't jump in for the whole chat, you can give us some updates and let us know what you're seeing. We can uh, chat about your Instagram pictures or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I definitely plan to post a bunch of stuff, so... There should be lots to see. Hopefully. <clears throat> Russ is saying Anchorage to Jacksonville to Tucson. Yeah, that's a big trip. Anchorage, Alaska to Jacksonville, Florida. And Jacksonville to Tucson is basically pretty much all of I-10. Mm-hmm. That's a hard drive, too. Really? I-10. Well, hard to Texas is pretty boring, but to me, as soon as you get past San Antonio, at least it's interesting. There's some spans of boringness but they don't last more than hours like once you get east of san antonio everything's tiny everything's like nothing lasts more than an hour or two nothing and an hour ain't nothing i mean you're i don't know you're you've got to be used to it in a different way than i am but i'm in tucson i'm two hours from phoenix more than that from everywhere else so for me an hour is i'll, I'll drive an hour because i have to get to the other side of town I think some people get spoiled when they got too many things close by. You know, they're not used to driving yeah, more that's than true. But you're driving across LA all the time. I know you've got to be allocating like two, three hours because of traffic. You might not be going very far, but you're spending time. Yeah, it's just like when, you know, when you're like your ass starts to hurt because you've been sitting in there and everything's no, I have a van. A van is like having a thousand puppies. Fluffy puppies rub your butt. That never hurts. Hmm. Maybe it's like sitting on a thousand fluffy puppies. I don't know. Whatever isn't weird, just so it's comfortable. That's what it is. But yeah, I don't know. But that's the nice thing about a van, and that's the thing about it sucks about a car. I've had well, I've never had small cars because I don't like. I don't. I had one small car. And I didn't like it. But I had been a, my. My family had always had a large car, so I knew what a large car is like compared to a small car. Had one small car, hated it. I always had giant cars, like cop cars. And uh, that's the nice thing about a van. You can kind of move around in a cop car, but, man, you can move around in a van. Um, every hand yeah, that van's pretty big. Constructed, constricted, I guess, a little bit. But as far as, like you're saying, being able to move your butt, you got the armrests and stuff, and... To me, it seems like when you're sitting in a van, you're sitting at a kitchen table, you're sitting at a desk. When you're sitting in a car, I'm sitting at like on a lounge chair, or like a recliner or something on a couch. So I'm sitting down into the chair and I'm basically 
having to stay awake looking up at this thing that's happening kind of out in front of me with the van it's i'm sitting up at a kitchen table and everything that's going on is just right there in front of me so i, I really enjoy driving in the van as far as fatigue and stuff less fatiguing for me so i don't know if that's just because i like my van so much or if it's literally the ergonomics of it just keep you awake more i don't know you don't know have you ever driven around in a van like rented something or maybe um on a contest where they let you drive around in a van I think once I moved a minivan. It's kind of the same, a little shorter. You mean like out of a parking lot or something? Or out of a parking space? Yeah, like backed it out of a driveway or something. Oh, maybe one day somebody will let you drive around in a van. And then you'll understand. Oh, maybe when I go to Tucson on the way back to California. There are a lot of rental vans in Tucson. So another thing about driving in a van or a truck is that you're up in the air. So have you ever driven in a truck or something where you're up in the air? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yes. a whole different story, especially for, like, uh, driving or what. Or, I mean, driving on the highway or what. Uh, how far away? Yeah, did you see, like, roadhead and hand jobs happening? No. I mean, like, people breaking three cars ahead or... Uh, when any, what I've noticed a lot more than anything else is when somebody's like pulled off to the side on the right, like a flat tire or whatever they're doing over there, and maybe trucks or people who have their wits about them are trying to get out of that lane over into the left lane to give those people some space, and there's the oblivious people who don't care or have no concept, and that's when I find it nice to be able to know what's going on, like you know, way ahead of me. Um, because that kind of stuff sometimes that's when it seems like is the people seem to be the most like oh I'm changing lanes real quick out of nowhere because there's I mean I've been driving a lot lately right like twice a big chunk you know like you get a big chunk of tuck truck tire or something in the middle of the road or just like something falls off somebody's car or something and there's yeah just, like, or just something that's in the middle of the road yeah like that so rarely happens I hardly ever see anything like that. But, ever, but like I say, the, the biggest obstacle I've ever seen out of nowhere, like unexpectedly, is when usually a truck is trying to get out of the right lane because somebody's changing a tire or something. They're just being spaz and they're out in the middle of the lane or something on the right. And that's where it's nice having that dash cam. I don't know if I'll be able to find them all anymore. But, uh, well, here's a tip, dash cam tip because I was just going to finish that. I, I don't think I'll find it. But I did push my dash cam button every once in a while when something crazy happened so that I would have evidence of it. Also, just a way to go back and make fun of some of the stuff. Because some of it's comical, you know? Just dumbasses? Um, yeah, like, you know, just you'll be driving. So, I mean, if somebody was actually watching the dash cam footage, it would be boring, 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 boring. And then some spaz comes flying up and, like, weaves all through traffic, like, for almost no reason. And then is just gone you know, off in the horizon because they're going so fast. But, like, people that'll weave for, like, no reason. That happens in Phoenix a lot. Maybe it's just part of their trip. Maybe they're just, they want to go. That's all fast. the California transplants. Yeah, they, like, want to go fast in traffic, not just go fast, but, like, weaving through traffic. So, anyway, something like that or something I would put together and then uh, uh, have it on the dash cam. Uh, so yesterday saying how far money-wise are you from the NRA? Um, too far to consider it, I think, at this point. 
I put the stuff up there just in case, you know, there was a bunch of people that thought, hey, this would be a neat thing to see happen, but uh, it needs dozens and dozens of people, not a, less than a dozen people. So I do really appreciate the people and hopefully nobody's too upset. It was, uh, you know, I have to either decide to put it out there that I'd go or not, and I figured I'd put it out there. It wasn't an attempt to just get some money off of some people, but uh, it doesn't look, you know, since so already Sunday night, didn't really have any sales much over the weekend except for the couple of you that did. But um, again, we'll continue to uh, work on different strategies and uh, we're learning what doesn't work. We'll figure out what does work and we'll uh, continue continuing. But appreciate the, uh, I'm assuming the, uh, the offer there. All right, so with all that, doesn't look like we're getting too much uh, comments coming in and it's just supposed to be a conversation so I don't have anything else in the schedule to talk about um, I will be updating that though like I say I've got uh, working on getting everything kind of planned out for the year there's certain projects that will have to be sacrificed but there's certain ones that I'll keep and Van Chat is one of them uh, I really enjoy it I plan on expanding it talking to Hosh um, maybe do some more stuff with the ham radio stuff uh, uh, and then some things with uh, around Arizona, and hopefully we'll see some more adventures in California. We'll uh, stay tuned to that. So, I don't know, do you have anything to plug? You know, you got one more week. Do you have any more slots at all for anything, or is are you... Um, no, we're pretty much booked on custom stuff, but <clears throat> a bunch of new patches are coming, so... Buy stuff from alanchor.com. So you said they're waiting until May, so we're talking Tuesday. Yeah, a couple days. Um, I'm not going to release them all at once, but something will definitely come out around Tuesday. What is it I can't tell you? Because I don't even know yet. I wasn't thinking of dates or whatever, but yeah, you're not leaving until... For some reason, I thought when you said May that you were going to set that stuff up after you left. But you'll be in town while you send that stuff up or while that stuff starts to roll out. Um, oh, go live. Yeah, up. maybe a couple of them. And then a couple of them I'll be releasing while I'm on the road. But they'll be shipping within one business day. They still have someone due to fulfillment. So... You won't have to wait till I get back. If you buy something, it'll ship within a business day. All right. So I'll check that out in a second. Pomade sent something over. Appreciate that. So, um, I think there's something else I was going to ask you. Right, that's what I get for trying to do too many things at once. Oh, I think I was going to say, I didn't follow, finish up before that. I, I do have some ideas for uh, adding some things to this chat, so stay tuned. Um, I think it's always better once we've got a um, schedule over there that's filled out. I think, Angela, and you, you saw at least a couple of shows or maybe even a couple of weeks where we actually had a schedule filled out over on the Daily Gun Show mm -hmm. and filled out the show, and it was useful. Uh, that's how I prefer to do the shows, and this one included. And like I say, I'll I'll be doing fewer 
things out there, but this will be one of the ones I'll continue to do, and we'll be enhancing it with uh, some projects like we did today with the uh, three-day pack. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll probably bring the cop car back in. Um, what the hell is today? Oh, man. These are getting away from me. Uh, I played around too much with the NRA thing. So this next week here, I will have to put the van up on the Craigslist, and it'll be for a lot of money because I don't really want to sell it. Uh, but I guess since we're van chatting, uh, I'll put it up there, and you know, if it sells for a lot of money, then I'll let it go and pay off some bills, and then it'll turn into a cop car chat for a while. It'll be cop car life, and uh, uh, if not, the cop car is just kind of set and idle because it doesn't cost anything to not have the cop car license, really. It doesn't cost much for insurance, so the cop car will kind of sit there and be waiting to be addressed, uh, or I'll get rid of the van, and it will turn into a cop car chat. But either way, it'll be sort of a road trip chat and uh, continue to be sort of a stealth camping type of chat. And, well, the gun show loophole tour, as long as we're doing that, and and then whatever Angelina's uh, input to the gun show loophole tour. And I do appreciate it because that's really what the thing is all about is to get everybody out there taking pictures of gun shops and stuff. So you're not going to be doing that exclusively, but looking forward to, like, the Gettysburg and some of the other things you might be able to share with us. Yeah, it should be good. So hopefully uh, everyone can check that out. Right on. So with all that, we'll quit talking and I threw the thing over here. I'll hit the refresh button. And of course, it'll probably give us an ad. Of course. And then eventually I'll be able to skip the ad and we'll be able to end the show. Chevy Bay and that's all right with me.